Hello and welcome to another episode of the League One Lowdown, where this episode we talk all things transfers in this particular podcast. We dissect and discuss all the transfers that have taken place so far and which players or teams have stood out. I am your host, as ever, Matt Ells, and as you know by now, I am joined by uh, one guest, well, usually with the two, but Alex unfortunately isn't with us for uh, this podcast, but I'm joined, as ever, by Joe Citrone. Joe, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. It's been a while since you've... Uh... On our podcast, but lots of lots happened in the transfer window since we've last spoke. So there's lots to talk about. Absolutely, uh, of course. After the fixer list freaks team uh, in League One was announced last Thursday, fans up and down the country began their plans to visit teams and visit grounds and work out the football calendar that their teams have. Many clubs have begun preparations for the 2019-2020 season with pre-season training beginning for the players. As everybody knows, it's the most grueling time for every footballer just coming back from their break. And managers have began preparations for the season with their uh, players and assemble their squads for the upcoming season. So with that in mind, we thought we would do our own preparations and get a head start, seeing as everyone else is doing it already. So without further ado, um, Joe, what are your immediate thoughts of the transfer window so far? It's been a bit, um, you know, there's been some big deals that have happened. Do you think that the next month, sort of July to the start of August, it will start to get more interesting and we'll see some more bigger deals? Or do you think that um, we've seen the biggest deals happen so far? Um, I think in terms of money, we've seen some huge deals so far, obviously, in terms of obviously the biggest one being Moisa moving from Bristol City to, to Peterborough United. And obviously in recent days, we've seen Freddie Ladapo move from Plymouth to Rotherham. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've seen big money deals. Like I don't like those are two massive deals already. Um, especially ISA, sort of over a million pounds in League One is huge money. But when you've got sort of clubs like Sunderland knocking about and Ipswich and those big clubs, you, you can never, like Sunderland have yet to make a signing yet. So I'm sure they'll they'll inevitably have, um, at some point make a big splash in the transfer market um, as they sort of, um, you know, try and uh, kickstart their bid to get back into the championship, you know, and, and get promotion next season. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been interesting. And uh, I think, Obviously, there's there's still several clubs really that haven't made signings, so they're obviously going to kickstart their their um, recruitment drive in the, over the next few weeks, you'd imagine, and we'll see a few more signings happen there. Clubs like obviously I've mentioned Sunderland, clubs like Wickham, um, obviously a couple of clubs in financial uh, turmoil, Berry and Bolton. Where are they going to be in three, four weeks' time as we move um, nearer to the season? Are they, you know, are a club like Berry even going to exist? It's going to be um, interesting to find out. But yeah, I mean, obviously there've been some big deals. Some uh, better than others, but you know it's been certainly interesting, and um, it, it all feels like very real now as the, as the season gets um, a little bit closer. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, uh, you talked about there the biggest deals of the window. I think the two that stand out are obviously Ladapo and Mo Isa, who of course both broke their respective transfer records for their clubs. Ladapo, of course, went to Rotherham for half a million pounds, and Mo Isa went from Bristol City to Peterborough for over. Uh, 1.2 million, I think the fee is believed to be. Um, do you think that, obviously, we talk about those two as the biggest deals of the window, but then we look at somebody like James Norwood, who was signed on a free transfer to go to Ipswich and he had a remarkable um, sort of two seasons with Tranmere. Does it just kind of go to show that you don't need to pay the biggest money to have a great signing happen, like for Norwood going to Ipswich? Do you agree with that? Or do you think that um, it kind of stands out just a little bit more? No, 100 percent agree with that. I think obviously when you're in the lower leagues, I think free transfers and loans um, using that market is absolutely crucial. 
Um, I think Ipswich coming down into League One, I think Norwood really is the perfect signing. Uh, I think it shows um, that Lambert has got a sensible head and he's not, um, and Ipswich aren't going to come in too big for their boots coming down into League One. I think you sometimes see that um, and, and they come in with the big names. I think Norwood is, is a traditional sort of lower league player. He works his socks off, runs all day for you, knows where the back of the net is. I think that's a really good signing for Ipswich on a free transfer as well. I think a brilliant bit of business for Ipswich Town. A uh, bit of a blow to Tranmere, but again, like I think Tranmere have, have started well in the in this window. Um, made a couple of obviously they've signed Sid Nelson um, yesterday. I think they've done a couple of um, bits of business. Callum Woods as well. They've signed a, uh, tied a couple of players down to contracts as well, um, who were important in getting them promoted. So yeah, I mean that's that's obviously crucial, isn't it? And I would say Norwood at the moment is for me is one of the top signings so far in this in this division. Um, Ipswich, obviously, they need to rebuild their squad. I think that's a perfect start for them to get a player of that caliber. And um, and yeah, I mean, I, th- I think as well, like Peterborough, like they spent big money, but they've also picked up a couple of good tra- free transfers as well. In um, Mark Beavers from Bolton, an experienced centre back, and also Dan Butler, I think is is going to be a big player next season in League One, uh, flying fullback coming in from Newport County. So there've been some 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 good deals so far. A bit, savvy bit of business. I think most teams in League One, we look at someone like Butler. Um, who impressed massively in League Two last season? You would say most teams in this division would have loved to have um, had him in their team on a free transfer. So that's a, that's a great bit of business. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on um, you know moving to sort of Ladapo is a big big deal. I mean, do you think that and, and Isa as well in particular over a million pounds? Do you think that's good business? Do you think that's maybe a bit too much money? Well, I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Well, I think it's, it's I think for me one one teams paid perfect amount of money to get Ladapo. I think because Plymouth got relegated, I think it obviously meant that his price was slashed uh, a little bit, probably a little bit considerably more than what Plymouth were expecting. I think half a million for a side who just got relegated to League Two is a great amount of money. But I think what Rotherham have paid is good as well because they're a club who, you know, under Paul Warren, they're not known to spend a lot of money. I think they sign players, not just based for their attitude, but they have to mould into the groups. They're very much... Um, they have to be part of the squad and the spirit and the, understand what the club values are um, to be a player under Paul Warren. I think Ladapo's a very good bit of business because I saw him a couple of times last year, last year for Plymouth and you know he's a big, tall guy. He possesses a bit of pace and I think when defenders come up against him, he's very much, you know, he's got strength, he's young, he doesn't want to get bullied around and I think that's why a lot of um, teams will be frightened of him and obviously Rotherham want to get back up to the championship and it's a lot mm. of pressure to place on this man's shoulders but he was a key sort of driving force unluckily in Plymouth's relegation but um, I think flipping on to Isa now I think yes for me Peter Brum might mm. have overpaid given he's never played in League One but he's, his quality does shine through I saw couple of highlight reels for when he was at Cheltenham and he scored some unbelievable goals from distance. He liked to play off the shoulder and, you know, he was very possessive of his pace. Wasn't probably given much of a look in at Bristol City. Okay, injuries did play its part, but I think with Peterborough, they are prepared to go the extra length. They're prepared mm. to pay um, probably over the odds on a player if it means they're going to get promotion. So, you know, it's worked for them well um, in the past overpaying for players. So, You'd have to take their word for it and say that it's going to work out, but it's a big, big gamble at this level, paying a seven-figure sum for a guy who hasn't played at this level before. But you know, I'm not going to take away his quality because I do think he's a really, really good player. Mm, he fits into the system as well, Isa, as well. Um, 
in terms of his pace and Ladapo as well. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's a bit of a gamble. Five hundred k. I think it's a record transfer for Rotherham. It is. It is for so yeah. I think that's a that's a big signing. I think um, Rotherham as well. I've, they've lost a few players. Rotherham. So I think they maybe needed to to make a bit of a statement um, coming down into into League One from the uh, sort of um, one season back in the Championship. Uh, they've lost, I think, Ryan Williams, um, who's gone to Portsmouth. Um, yeah. Uh, yesterday, I think, yes, that, that deal was done. Um, so I think they mean it needs to make a bit of a statement, but I don't know. I just, I think one se- one decent season in the um, in League One for a sort of poor side in in Plymouth. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to f- sort of see how he fares. Um, I think at the moment the two biggest deals, the Ladapo and Isa, it will certainly be fascinating. To see if they can um, push their respective sides up the division, um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. But I mean, moving on to um, all sort of other signings, are there any other sort of signings that have caught your eye, Matt? Well, I'd say probably um, given the fee, probably someone like Ellis Harrison from Ipswich yeah. Portsmouth. I think he, in particular, has got a point to prove. I'm not saying this because obviously he used to play for Bristol Road, <laughs> but I think because he. Arguably, for me, he made a big mistake going to Ipswich. He wasn't ready for the championship. I think he would probably admit that himself, but it's the lure of the championship as a player. You may never get it again. And he was playing for a pretty mediocre Rovers side in his last two years at the club. Um, Stood out, really, in in the team. And um, he went to Ipswich. Injuries did play its part, but he's gone to Portsmouth. I think it's a good move for him. I think he's going to be... The main man, I think him and Pittman could be a real deadly strike force next season. You know, Harrison, he's a target man. He presses defenders. He does what Pittman doesn't do. So I think that that, they'll both bring different sides to their game and they'll both bring different things to the Portsmouth team. I think that's a transfer that stands out, I think, for me. Um, Another big one was, as you said, Mark Beavers for Peterborough. It's another free transfer, but I think he's a promotion winner. He's... um, you know, he's, he's got this division with Bolton. Uh, he was a player final loser with Millwall. His experience is key. I think with Peterborough, they're quite a young team. And I don't know if they've quite got the experienced players, players who know how to get over the final hurdle, get over the line. I think Beavers is that key signing in. The next person I'm going to say is quite a surprise maybe to some, but Steve Morrison. I think a player mm. of his calibre to be signed on loan for a club like Shrewsbury is massive because... I talk about, like, you know, Peterborough, and I said signing Beavers is good because they've got quite a young team. But with Shrewsbury in particular, you know, Sam Ricketts has is, is built a model where they're very, very solid at the back. They're not the most exciting to watch. They don't score a lot of goals, but they're a very solid, balanced team. And I think with Morrison, they need some experience in there, and he's the perfect character for it. He's got out of this league twice. He was a key, key player for Millwall when they got out of this division um, in 2017. You know, his experience will be key. He'll be a massive figure in the dressing room. And I think there's a lot of clubs, at, you know, the level at Shrewsbury um, that would have loved to have signed Morrison because, you know, of, of what his of other attributes are. So, obviously, we talked about Norwood, Ladapo, Morrison, Beavers for me as well. I'd say Ryan Williams is is a big signing as well. So that's the, uh, the five I'd go with. Would you add anyone to that list, Joe, that you would say that stands up for you? Mm, well, yeah, first of all, just echo what you say about Morrison. I think a player of that experience, I think that's a really savvy piece of business for, for Shrewsbury. And also another one for Shrewsbury, um, I think it's a great signing to bring in Aaron Pierre from Northampton Town in yeah. recent days. I think that's a great bit of business. And actually Shrewsbury um, 
couple of sort of last couple of weeks have, have impressed me sort of with their um with their signings. Um I think certainly Morrison or Ethan Ebanks Landell as well has come in um from, from Wolves. Uh, they're spending money at Shrewsbury, so they've got a bit of money behind them this season, um, it appears. Daniel Ladoy as well for a non league signing. Um, and there have been a few from from uh, from non-league this summer. Adoy, I think Yusuf has gone to Blackpool um, from Solihull Mers. I think Brandon Goodship has gone from Weymouth to um, Southend United. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, those are always fascinating signings because as an Oxford fan, we've had a, a couple over the years where I remember we brought in um, somebody, I think he played for, I can't remember the name of the team now, um, but he came in from non-league scoring like, he scored like 30 and 35 or something and couldn't make the step up. But then again, you've occasionally, I think we signed Shay Dunkley from Kidderminster and you can, you can sometimes find those hidden gems in non-league. Um, but I think um, also, you know, you look at Regan Paul as well. I think another defensive addition coming in t- uh, to MK Dons, good young player. Um, I, 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 but again, like it's going to be interesting to find out uh, who's going to, who's going to shine next season. But I, th- I think Shrewsbury, um, four signings made so far. And I, I think, Obviously, I, I don't really know with a non-league player, but three of those, I think, are great additions, personally. Yeah, certainly. Are. Let, let's give you some numbers for teams that have done transfer business. Uh, Peterborough out in front. Yeah, at this time of recording, of course, this was done on a Thursday afternoon. So if there's a deal that Peterborough have done on Friday uh, and we haven't mentioned it, then uh, we do apologise. But this is what we currently have at the time of recording. Uh, Peterborough have signed eight. Gillingham have signed seven alongside Coventry. Uh, Tranmere have signed five alongside uh, MK Dons that they came up with uh, from League Two. Shrewsbury, Portsmouth and Bristol Rovers and Blackpool have got four. Rotherham have signed three, so have Ipswich. Fleetwood have signed two. Burton have brought in two. Wimbledon have got three. Oxford have got three. Looking level likely now it's going to be four by the end of the day with uh, Tariq Fosu coming in. Doncaster have got three. Uh, Accrington have signed one and then you move on to a few sides who haven't done any business Lincoln, uh, Wickham they haven't done any business yet of course and Bolton uh, and Berry, of course who are in financial turmoil as expected haven't done anything yet so Joe the big question I'm going to ask you now is which team do you think has done the best business and why? I think the the obvious answer would be Peterborough um, with them splashing the cash but again, like I know he attracts a hell of a lot of criticism, and I, th- I think rightly so. But Steve Evans is working the magic at Gillingham. Like it, they've they've made a couple of really decent signings early on. Like Jack Bonham, I think is a really good signing. Um, uh, I think who else have they brought in? O'Keefe, I think so could be a decent signing. Willock as well from Man United. Um, good bit of business. Like Lee Hodson, experienced right back coming in from yeah. Rangers. I just like Steve. He knows how to get business done. Like and and I know there were a lot of unhappy Gillingham fans um, when he was appointed, and I, I can understand why he's a, a very divisive figure within football. Um, but I think a, a few really good signings early on, um, and you know, let's see if they can keep it up. But um, obviously, I mentioned Bonham. Obviously, you being a Bristol Rovers fan, yeah. um, do, do you think that's a good signing? I think they needed a goalkeeper with um, Thomas Holy going to Ipswich. Do you think that's a decent replacement? I think it's the perfect sign, and I think he was arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the league last year, probably behind McLaughlin. Um, he saved Rovers so many points. I think you can talk about the strong defence that Rovers had, and you know Clark Harris's impact in the second half of the season keeping them up. But he was a big, big part as well. And it's a shame that 
Rovers did miss out on him because I think if we did get him, it would have really put a good statement of intent out. I think the distance, the location might have seen seen him sign with Gillingham. Obviously, he's sort of Hertfordshire way, which is obviously Watford, but there isn't mm. that great a distance between that of going to Kent, where Gillingham is obviously, and going to Bristol. So I think that that might have played a part, but I think that that's very good. And I think Steve Evans, as you said, worked the magic because I think, you know, you know his record. He's got Rotherham out of this division. He did a decent job at Leeds in tough circumstances. He consolidated Rotherham in the championship. He um, obviously virtually got Crawley out of League Two. And, um, you know, he's had in those places, he's had the money. But here he's he signed every player um, on a free transfer bar in one in uh, Mikhail and Jolly on loan from Bournemouth. But, you know, he's working the magic well. Just to give our listeners a lowdown, this is the seven signage gentlemen have officially made. It's Mikhail and Jolly on loan from Bournemouth. Jack Bonham, as Joe's uh, mentioned. Usain Lucise on a free from MK Dons. Lee Hodson on a free from Rangers. Connell Ogilvie, who's back there, on a free from Tottenham. Stuart O'Keefe, signed from Cardiff. And, uh, of course, Willock signed from... Uh, Manchester United. Is there another team, Joe, that stands out for you as making uh, a good bit of business? You talked a little bit about Shrewsbury, how they've obviously signed Morrison, Udo, Ebanks, Landau and Pierre. Would you put them up uh, and say that their business has been quite eye-catching so far? Mm, it's been eye-catching. Again, it's early days, as we say, like we record this podcast. It's the uh, 27th of June. There's still a long way to go till uh, till August and the season kicks off. So there's still a lot of, like, you never know, like, we could be sitting here in three, four weeks' time and um, talking about a club that hasn't even made a signing yet doing a great bit of business. Sunderland, I'm sure, will will come again in this transfer window and make at least one really eye-catching signing. Um, I don't, but yeah, I mean, I was just going to ask you, actually, like, what do you think of um, MK Don's business? Like I mentioned uh, yeah. Regan Paul. I mean, they've brought in Hiram Boateng from Exeter, Jordan Bowery from Crew, Brennan Dickinson uh, from Colchester, which is a good signing, I think, highly sought after. Obviously, I mentioned Paul and then Joe Mason as well, who's yeah. uh, experienced the championship with, I think, Wolves, I believe, uh, various other clubs. What do you make of their side? Like, because, again, I, I wasn't sure about them coming up with Portersdale. I mean, they, they sort of snuck in to the, uh, the final um, promotion spot mm. in League Two on the final day. Do you think they could um, maybe the dark horses next season? Yeah, I do, I do think that. I think um, a lot of players will want to go to Portersdale because of the style of football he plays. It's very attractive and good to watch. I think... What's going to be key for MK Dons is that I don't want to look into a season preview, but whether or not they can keep hold of an EK. I mean, they kept hold of Agard, who mm. um, has been sniffed around by Gillingham. Obviously, Steve Adams knows him very, very well um, during his Rotherham days. But, you know, the business they've made, I think, you know, they've signed four players from, from League Two. Boateng, he knows obviously very well, big, powerful midfielder and possesses a, a real good sort of uh, strength in the middle, good on the ball. Regan Paul, of course, again, you know, he's had a couple of good loans. He was at Manchester United, did well at Newport for six months. I mean, you know Jordan Bowery very, very well, so you'll be able to mm. give a bit of a better lowdown than me. And Brendan Dickinson, I think, was wanted by a couple of teams in the division. So, you know, I, I see their business. I do think that that is quite impressive. I think he's just stuck to what he knows. He knows League Two, given they came up. So mm. he's looking down that road and arguably it's, four players who were pretty good players for their respective teams, wasn't it? I mean, mm. somebody like Bowery, you know, he's gone to le- gone to a League One club when, let's face it, he probably didn't ever think he'd get that chance. I mean, he had a, mm. a couple of months at Oxford. He didn't have a great spell in um, in London with Orient and he went to Crewe. He 
did a fairly good job there. Um, do you think that he could be a success uh, in League One? That you know, like he, his potential suggests, you know, what it should have been a few years ago. That was a, for me. That was a bit of a baffling one. I think you know, look at Boateng, Dickinson, Paul Mason. Those are signings. You think, wow, League One. They're they're definitely be, um, or you'd assume that they'll be making an impact in League One. Bowery is one that's a bit twenty seven. He's not young. Um, and Crew, I think it was a bit hit and miss at Crew. I think sort of player maybe that you know on his day is is electric, and you know when he's off his day, you might as well play with ten men. You know, I think he's that sort of player. And um, when he was at Oxford, he was he was actually a, you know a, a really good player for us for that sort of um, few months he was here because we I think we brought him in around January time uh, from Rotherham, I believe, and he scored again. I think it was a bit like that, like he was maybe a bit hit and miss, but he scored really crucial goals for us um, away at Portsmouth um, in that promotion running was uh, was one that, on his debut I think was one that sticks in the mind. Um, he's quick, he's strong, but I think has a tendency to maybe go missing um, in certain games. And I, th- I think it'll, it'll, it's a bit of a gamble, a bit of a roll of the dice maybe for from Tisdale to, to bring him into League One from Crew. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. Um, that, that, that will certainly be interesting. But yeah, I mean, talk about the promoted clubs. What about Lincoln? Obviously no signings. I mean, where do you, yeah. think, they need, where, where do you think they need to strengthen? I mean, they, they, they didn't release any players, did they? So are, are they going to, do you think they're just going to go with sort of as you were and stick with, stick with the formula that's been working the last couple of seasons? I mean, you know, I'd, I'd love to know the last time a team that got promoted from League Two into League One didn't ever sign a player. I mean, it must surely never happen. They've all, you know, look, they, they, they've clearly got a list of targets. I think I'm going to bring up a point later on, obviously. I'm going to try and ask your opinion. But I think there might be a team waiting for players, for contracts to, to run and then mm. find out what their decision is. Um, the Cowley brothers, you know, look, everyone knows their story. They're FA Cup quarter-finalists, romped the National League title, got the... League Two title very, very easily. They're a club on the arguably one of the, the, the biggest momentum swings in, in English football at the moment, isn't it? Two promotions in three years and they're on a constant high. So a lot of players, I think, are going to want to go there. It's whether they can get the money, get them to, to actually fully sign. I think the manager and the style of football isn't a problem. I don't think that that's the, the, the key issue. I think the issue is, can as a club, can they bring these players in because signing players in League Two is a whole different ball game to signing players in League One to progress. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, what, what do you think? Mm, yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I agree. I mean, to, I don't know. I think with Lincoln, if we get moving back to Lincoln as in particular, I think the thing with them is, I think what's great about them is there's there's a real together feeling of the club. And although yeah. you know when they when they I think they re-signed Matt Reed on new contract, which I was I wasn't sure where they were going to do that because. Um, with all respect to Matt Reed, he's certainly you know he's certainly a player that's made an impact over the last couple of years for Lincoln City, and it's a big fan's yeah. favourite. But I wasn't sure whether Danny Cowley might think, well, actually, is he somebody who's going to step up to the third tier of English football and perform? I'm not sure whether he's sort of, but 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 they kept him on because he's somebody who I imagine around the dressing room is a big character, a big personality, a big part of that dressing room. And I think at the moment Lincoln, they'll make signings, of course, <clears throat> but it wouldn't surprise me if there was not that many, maybe. Three, four, five signings. Not. I certainly don't think there's a there's going to be a, a huge amount of business from Lincoln, and um, I think they'll stick largely to the formula that's worked for them. Um, but again, like I think with with Lincoln, it, it, as as is with a, a few clubs, I think it's going to be retaining players is almost going to be as as crucial as recruiting players. I yeah. think I don't know how you feel about that, but there are certainly some clubs in there where I think if you can keep hold of your best players, you know the top players, you may well have a good season. 
if um, if not, it could be a struggle. I think with you know my club Oxford is certainly the case where you know there's going to be interest. I imagine for for Simon Eastwood, Cameron Brannigan, Gavin White. If we can keep hold of those players, I feel confident that we can be okay, you know we'll mm. be okay. If not, um, it could be a struggle. Do you think that's that's the case for a lot of clubs in League One? Yeah, definitely. I think. You've obviously hit the nail on the head with Oxford. I think it's probably the same, as I said, with Dons and keeping hold of Anike. They've kept Agard. Um, you see the likes. I think every team has probably two or three very good players that they want to keep hold of. Um, i trying to think of a very good example. I think you look at somebody like Blackpool. Curtis Tilt's been linked, I think, mm. with Ipswich. Um, he's been linked with a couple of clubs. Um, you know... Teams like Doncaster, John Marquis, will they get Wilkes back? Okay, it's a player coming in, but, you know, will they keep hold of him? Sunderland, they've got a couple of, you know, decent players within there that that, that might go, but... Um, McGeady being one, definitely. It, exactly. So, but one team I want to get your opinion on, Joe, is the side who've, who've got the joint highest amount of chances so far, and that's Coventry. Just to give you a mm. lowdown of who they've signed, they've signed uh, Wesley Gibello from Gazalette Ajaccio. They've signed Giovanni Castanier from... Uh, Nack Breda uh, from Holland. Uh, they've signed from Catty Darbo uh, uh, from Chelsea. Mark Morosi from Doncaster. McFadden from Burton, of course, was one of the first signings of the uh, summer window. Pask uh, and uh, a, a young player named uh, Bartlett as well. So that gives them seven. What do you make of their business? Because obviously we talked a little bit in the podcast a few weeks ago about how the core of the team that got them up from League Two has gone. They obviously want to go a different direction, which is Mm. to challenge more. Do you think that the signings they've made, if you were a Coventry fan, do you think you'd look at it and go, well, I'm not so sure about whether we can get better than what we were? Or do you rub your hands and think, yeah, we're, we're making some real good strides here? Well, one thing you can talk about Coventry is they've acted very quickly and they've got their business, a lot of their business done very early. Um, two goalkeepers, uh, a couple of centre backs. Um, I think McFadden is is probably the best signing I think I've seen so far from them. Experienced, um, been around the block, good defender at this level. Um, a few that yeah, a couple. I, I'm I'm not going to claim to know about these couple of foreign lads coming in. Uh, Jabello and Castanier. I'm not. I don't know too much about them. And a few, uh, but they have brought in a few younger lads as well from sort of Premier League clubs. Talk about Dabo and and Pask um, coming in from Premier League clubs. It'll be interesting. Like, there's a good blend there, um, but I've, one thing I'll talk about Coventry is I rate Mark Robbins highly as a manager at this level. Yeah, um, so if I was Coventry, I'd say, well, there's a few in there I'm not sure about, a few, maybe, you know, not too sure. But if it's coming from, if Mark Robbins believes they're sort of going to be good players, then you sort of got, got to just take his word for it and trust him um, that he's going to do the, 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 the business in the transfer window. Um, one, one one team I want to get your opinion on, just just thought of actually, that we haven't. I don't think we've mentioned it at all so far is Fleetwood. Like made a couple of deals. Yeah, uh, it's done a couple of deals so far. Uh, Danny Andrew, they've pinched off uh, Doncaster, and they've obviously yeah. got Josh Morris as well from Scunthorpe coming back. Um, I think I think Brum um, on the podcast mentioned maybe Fleetwood as as potential dark horses next yeah, season. Yeah, I think I, I think do you I think, think do you, as well. yeah do, yeah? do you think their their first two signings are sort of backing that up? Yeah, definitely. I think you know it just shows what Fleetwood do have, which is they do have good backing behind them, don't they, in, in mm. Andy Pilly. Um, Danny Andrew Ogilvy was one of the better left-backs in this division. I think he's got a great cross on him. He can take free kicks. Um, I think they... I can't remember who their left-back was last year, but um, it just shows that they are trying to get better than what they've got, trying to go down the road that 
that Coventry are doing. I think they're looking for quality rather than quantity. Um, I think the big thing with them is they've lost Chad Evans, which they they might get back. Um, you know, they might they, if they don't get him back, they need to go and get somebody who's in the same wavelength and the same calibre as him because he is a very good striker for this level. Um, Josh Morris, who is we know probably two years ago was one of the most sought after players in this division, gets relegated with Scumfort, gets released, um, and Fleetwood. I think we'll be absolutely delighted they've picked him up because I would have thought half the division would, would have been after him. I mean, I would have loved him at my club. I mean, I think you would have loved him at Oxford, wouldn't you, Joe? I mean, mm. you know, you've been talking mm. about how Oxford needs left-sided wingers. He certainly fits the bill, doesn't he? Ticks the boxes. So there's a lot of teams um, there that do that. And I think it just goes to show that they are going to try and be, you know, that team that tries to break into the top six. And those two signings certainly show... Um, that bit of statement intent. Do you, do you quickly agree on that one? Mm, yeah, definitely. I think um, I always thought, sort of thought that that um, Fleetwood and those sort of club. I think I think they will be sort of decent next season. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree. I think Josh Morris is a is a player that it was a bit hit and miss last season. I think for Scunthorpe, but I think if you can get him going, he's he, he's proven yeah. in the past that he's definitely a player that this level can make a huge huge impact. Uh, Fleetwood will be will be one to keep an eye out for. I've always thought that from from quite early on actually. But going back to last season, I think we, we spoke about on the podcast about potentially Fleetwood being a side to look out for next season to keep an eye on. And um, nothing has really changed um, uh, really for me with, you know, two good signings. You know, they're moving forward in the right direction. Um, what, about, what about your own club, Bristol Rovers? We just wrap yeah. up by talking about our own clubs. Um, what, what, what sort of business have they done? Are you, are you feeling confident that Graham Coughlin can... can has, has, has been able to recruit well, has recruit well and, and will lead you into a, to a good season? Um, I think one thing he did do, which I do completely agree with, is you know he obviously got rid of a lot of, uh, so to speak, deadwood. There was a lot of players who were loyal servants but had done their time. They weren't good enough. So you're talking uh, Dan Ledbitter, Joe Partington, Sinclair. Um, trying to think of other you know people. They, they're they're the, the the people in particular that stand up. They'd done their time. They weren't good enough anymore, and they were gone. You know, fact for everything. But you know, we we want to progress. We want to do better than what we were. Um, obviously, the big issue at the moment that we needed to address was the centre-back issue, which he's got sorted. Obviously, Lockyer is gone. His destination is unknown. Uh, we signed Tom Davis from Coventry, the third player we signed in, in 2019. I think um, I've seen a couple of times Davis plays um, sort of similar to what Lockyer is. If anything, he's better on the ball. I saw them at the Rico against Rovers in uh, April and Clark Harris had just come off the back of being player, or, you know, have a great march, and he had him in his back pocket. He kept him quiet. He wants to bring the ball out. He wants to play. Um, you know, he was pretty much a starter for Coventry in every single game. I think Mark Little at right back is a great signing. I think that's the type of player we need. I don't think we have enough players who who are you know winners in this division. We've got Craig who obviously got Mill promoted. I don't think, you know, there's a real sort of presence in there. He won promotion with Bristol City. He got close with Peterborough. And um, he, he played quite a few times for Bolton over two years in the Championship before he had a big dramatic fallout of Parkinson. But, you know, he's a very attack-minded fullback. Injuries have let him down over the years. Mm. But mm. he's a very strong player. Good good on the ball. Good, uh, his crossing can be a little bit problematic. But... He's, he's exactly the type of attacking player we need because the manager wants us to play a different way. We've got good covering Josh Hare, 
Um, you know, who exactly like little, younger, fitter, stronger. Um, you know, best right back in the National League. Okay, it's two divisions, but he'll predominantly be the cover. And then the goalkeeper, you know, Von Stoppershoof, I've got no idea about him. Um, <laughs> I would be amazed if he's our number one, truth be told. You know, he's six foot seven or six foot eight. Um, you know, they signed him from the second division in Holland from Volendam, which is always a big gamble signing a foreign goalkeeper. But they've done their homework on him. The manager planned a lot of this business early. He wanted it done early. We never seem to do it early, um, mm. which is always a nice thing under Daryl. Um, and, he's, and he's looked at these players for a couple of months, so he's planned ahead. Um, but that's enough about Rovers. I mean, I could be here all day. <laughs> as you well know, Joe. Let's, let's talk about Oxford, because you've signed... Um, two youngsters and then Alex Rodriguez from, from Motherwell. Fosu's coming in. It's only hopefully. a matter of when. Before, has he come in? Or? Uh, I, I, hope, I hope he comes in. Like, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a, it seems to be a matter of when rather mm. than uh, not. What do you make of the business so far? I mean, Fosu coming in surely has to kind of make it look a bit more better, doesn't it, for me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I think you know, talking about Fosu, you know, let's let's talk as if it is done. It could be, could well be done by the time this podcast gets released. Um, I think he is a player that is been a little bit hit and miss in his career. Um, quick, skillful, maybe a few injuries, but I think has the talent and I think has the ability, and also has worked under Robinson before. Robinson apparently got a lot out of him when he um, <clears throat> when he was working under him for uh, for Charlton. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that on paper it was a good signing. I'm always a little bit worried when people talk about injuries, you know, oh, if we can get him fit, if we can get him fit. That always is a little bit of a red flag for me, but I'm willing to take the gamble because I think he's a talented player that Robertson knows well and has played well under Robertson before. Clearly got a good relationship there, um, good enough to sort of reunite uh, this this new club. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Obviously, you mentioned Alex Rodriguez got in. Um, from Motherwell, I think it was number one interceptions in Europe last season, which is okay. Okay, football's not um, one on paper, but that is not a bad stat to have when you're when you're recruiting a new defensive midfielder, replacement for Ahmed Kashi. Um, a great bit of business, I think there. Uh, and yeah, I mean, obviously, Bristol Rovers have, um, have have done early business. We have sort of, I think, we bide our time a little bit more. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's I, nothing wrong in that to some no. extent, but then there's also something wrong with that, isn't it? To some people, so it's you know right and wrong, isn't it? I mm-hmm. feel fans get fans get impatient. This is this is the thing, you know. Fans get very impatient in the off season of football. Fan, any sort of announcement, fans are just going mad over because there's nothing to, like the fixture announcements. For example, people go mad over the fixtures coming out, where it's just that's just a bit of admin, really. Like kit announcements, people go mad because people just get bored in the off season. Yeah. So when you aren't making signings, people just get so anxious and um, worried and, and you know you look at um, the deals some other clubs are doing you think why aren't we signing him but there are millions of players out there so I think as long as day one of the season you, you've got a good squad together uh, you've made a, a few good signings um, you know I felt last season we were very underprepared going into the new season I hope that's going to change this time around not just in terms of um, players but fitness as well I don't think we were fit first few games of the season really pre-season wasn't great so as long as we have that, I'm not really too fussed um, when they come in. Obviously, like every fan, I get a bit impatient. Um, it'd be weird if I didn't. But you know, as long as you know, if we keep making signings like we are, Gorin um, coming in from Motherwell, uh, obviously Fosu, 
Uh, we're linked with Chris Cadder from Motherwell. If we get that one over the line, get a good strike, a good centre-back, um, I'm happy uh, with what we're doing at the moment. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I think Rovers and Oxford, have, can, can, I think we can both sort of sit here right now with you know, being pretty content with our, with our business, can't we? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, obviously, just, just, just one final thing before we wrap up. Obviously, I mentioned before, Lincoln, Sunderland, Berry, Bolton and Wickham are yet to do any business. I mean, I, I talked about it earlier on in the podcast. Do you think that these sort of sides, especially Wickham, uh, we, we haven't really talked about Wickham as such because obviously we know that they are probably got one of the they are probably got the worst budget in the league maybe um, obviously yeah. not talking about the two sides in financial turmoil obviously um, do you think that they might look at certain players who've got released they'd be linked with them but they've got other clubs after them do you think that they're just playing a waiting game and um, just sort of you know waiting for the agent or the player to call Gareth Ainsworth and can go look I want to sign for you do you think that that's the case or do you just think that maybe they just haven't quite been able to, to get a plan in place yet? It's, it's difficult when you're not on the inside of the club, is it? What do you mm. think about that? Do you think they're waiting for the out-of-contract players? Or, you know, do you think yeah, you said, I mean, just not really having a plan yet? I'm not sure what's going to happen with Wickham. I think they're, they're still waiting for maybe Dominic Gape to put pen to paper on that new deal. I think that, that might, um, if he signs, I think that obviously... Uh, puts a, a dent on the budget a little bit, obviously, with, a, with him being on the wage bill. So... I think maybe they're waiting for that to, you know, an answer from Dominic Gape, um, whether he's going to stay at the club. And also they are in sort of financial difficulty. They've not got a particularly big budget. I did see, I think, a couple of weeks ago that the fans had clubbed together and, and, and got together some money to, to put into Gareth Ainsworth's budget, which is good from the fans. Um, I think Courtney Courtney House went to Villa, um, which I think yeah. they had a sell-on clause. So that might have boosted the budget a little bit. So I think we might see a couple more deals from Wickham in coming weeks. But I think it will be... Um, it will be testing for Gareth Ainsworth. But one thing that I would say about him over the years is he knows how to find hidden gems. Um, yeah. He's got, uh, on loan and free transfers, people like uh, Easy, who's now flying with QPR, Alfie Mawson, um, Nico Yanaris. These players he's had on loan in the past, I think he's going to have to pull a, a few more rabbits out the hat like that over the summer um, to keep uh, Wickham's head above water. And that is all we... Well, uh, that's pretty much it on the, the podcast I think we've covered mm, uh, and this has been the transfer special um, once again uh, I've got to obviously uh, say thanks Joe for uh, coming on the podcast it's uh, always been a pleasure to, to have you on and uh, I'll see you around yeah yeah yeah. nice one mate it's been, we've covered a lot today so uh, yeah it's been good yeah we have obviously the transfer window is open till the start of the Premier League season for undisclosed and uh, signings you can buy permanently but loads of free transfers do apply till the end of August so League One team don't panic if your side hasn't made uh, a signing um, or, or anything sort of big towards the start of the Premier League season because you still have another couple of weeks left in August we'll be back around uh, July time when we go on big season kickoff. Uh, at the League One Lowdown. Um, from all of us here at the team, uh, we say goodbye for now and uh, we will see you uh, sometime in July and August and enjoy the rest of your summer as much as Alex, myself and Joe. Take it, uh, take it steady and we'll see you soon. Bye for now.